0: There are a variety of short story genres. Sometimes we think that all short stories are kind of the same, or or whatever. But uh, uh, certainly in the ancient world, there there were uh, even a variety. And you might be familiar with Aesop's fables, uh, stories that are told and and usually have a moral point. Uh, there are the parables that we'll get to in a little bit. Sometimes there's these little these little pithy uh, little stories that. Uh, just are told, and so often we might reduce all of them to, to uh, one kind of genre that uh, is either a morality thing or just a nice, you know, cute little story or, or whatever, but we can't treat the parables in that way. The parables, the word parable, I should uh, note, means literally to throw beside, And so what a parable does is it tells a story that you throw beside a reality so that you can understand a reality a little bit more. Uh, If I uh, remember right, Nathan the prophet uh, pulled David aside after the whole Bathsheba affair, pulled him aside and told him a parable about a man who had a sheep, who loved that sheep and uh, took care of that sheep. And one day the king was holding a banquet and decided he was going to slaughter that man's sheep. Well, who's that man? I'm going to put him to death. That man is you. So if Nathan had approached David simply with, you've taken something that doesn't belong to you, he would have immediately gotten defensive. But by Nathan telling him a story that seemed so unconnected to what was actually going on, that David, King David, repented and began to understand how he had sinned. He knew he sinned, but how badly he had sinned that he had taken something that didn't belong to him and had done a terrible thing. In the parables themselves that that Jesus tells, and St. Luke, of course, records uh, more parables than anyone else, but they are found actually in all four Gospels, not as much in St. John. But Matthew and Luke share a number of parables. Uh, They might have little details that are a little different, but uh, that shouldn't disturb us because uh, any good preacher or homilist or, or speaker has the habit of recycling. You probably have noticed that. I've recycled a few of my stories. Uh, and just as a side, here's a little pithy story. A few years ago in a, in a parish, I shared something and uh, to the school kids and one of the first graders, you shared that story last year. It was a personal story about the first time I remember having disobeyed my mother. I said, well, it's probably good because you can only disobey your mother for the first time once, uh, but uh, uh, and with my mother, you don't want to disappear any more than that, but that's a, that's another story. But a parable that Jesus tells, this parable, and it's one of the few that he gives the key to understanding, and even with that key, though, sometimes we might miss what he's actually saying, and sometimes we, uh, at least uh, uh, the way I've heard it spoken by some some preachers, uh, uh, that somehow the seed is different. It's a seed that changes. If that's what we're seeing when we read this parable, we've missed it. Because I think this parable speaks at a deeper reality than just the quality of the seed. And it is the quality of the person receiving that seed. The different types of soil. The seed is the same, and what is the seed? The seed is the word of God, the seed is the gospel. The seed is, is this, this truth of Jesus Christ, his love for us, that he suffer and die on the cross for us, that he would rise again for us, that he would give us eternal life for those who come to him. That's the seed, that's the gospel, that does not change. And We might have different ways of wording it, different ways of, of proclaiming it, but the gospel itself, the kernel, and I use that word purposely, is the same and remains the same. So why is it that 10 people can come to Mass, or 10 people can listen to the same preacher or proclamation and have different experiences of it? Why is it that some families, you can see this, some people, some some of the family get it. It's like the, the light goes on, they understand, oh, this is what the gospel is. And others go away, like the gospel didn't even, wasn't even proclaimed. I've shared the story before, of, you know, and it frustrates me to no end. I was listening to a radio podcast or radio uh, piece, and, and somebody had called in to this priest and said, not once in all my Catholic education was I told Jesus Christ is Lord. Well, I don't know what, what church you went to, but even in the proclamation of, of, of the feast days. Christ, king of the universe. How can you say Jesus isn't Lord? We proclaim it when we read the creed. But it hadn't sunk in. The gospel was the same, but the heart to receive it was different. And that's what this parable is about. And, and think about it, the seed on the, on the path. We hear jesus saying that 's the one who's been knocked down the the that path who has been that's been trodden so much that heart is unable to receive that word we we might know people like that that just because of circumstances in life are incapable of receiving it, it, it I, it's like the, if we throw a seed at them it'd go tink and bounce off uh, I should back up. You know, we're we're not talking about precision planting like we have now. We're not talking about even even the nice orderly uh, planters you put the seed in and it, it plants seeds every every inch or two inches or with I don't know what the distance between wheat is or anything like that. But this is scatter cast. So you take the the seed and you you just walk and you cast it in front of you and behind you, and because of uh, the the land that you've wanted want to do because it's manual labor, you weren't really careful. They they weren't really careful where that seed landed. Some of it would land all over in these these four different types of soil just simply because. But they wouldn't purposely throw it down on the path because they know it's not going to grow there. But the seed that did, nah. It just bounced off and the birds came and ate it. And then there is a seed in the rocky ground. If you I, I uh, I had the privilege of uh, picking rocks as a kid. I was always amazed year after year. I think I went to the same farmer about four years in a row, and the same spot, every year, we'd pick a bumper crop of rocks. And it always amazed me, and, and uh, I knew enough that uh, the, the particular farmer, his yield was guaranteed to be very low in that particular spot because it was so rocky, gravelly, that that the, the water just would run off and wouldn't give the seed, the, the nourishment that it needed, the water that it needed to grow. Oh, in, the, in the rocky ground itself, where the, the soil might not be too deep, or the seed grows, but it doesn't have roots. And so when the sun comes out, it gets withered. And we know maybe people like that, that just don't have that depth. And then there's the seed of, that falls among the thorns. Next week, we'll hear the story of the... Uh, the uh, evil one who comes and sows the the weeds and the wheat. I'm not preaching next week so I can share the story, but every time I have have this passage or that passage, I can't help but but think of a particular field. 40 acres, the man had, he said, give me two weeks. 40 acres is not gonna take two weeks, sir, to walk your beans, Uh, give me two weeks. 40 acres of cocklebur, from end to end. He maybe got one bushel of beans off that whole field when we were done. There was nothing. Because the cocklebur were so thick, it choked out the beans. And when we pulled the cocklebur, we pulled the beans along with it, even though we were trying to be careful. It just did not uh, go well for that particular field. Because it was so full of weeds. Anxieties of life, as Jesus tells us, that's what that symbolizes. It just chokes it out. And then there's the seed in the good soil, that seed that, or that soil that is good and rich and deep, the seed that has proper water and not too much drainage or not too little drainage, that seed that then can go and sink in deep and grow deep, grow its roots. When sun comes out, it's not scorched, it's not washed away, it grows and produces much fruit. That being said, while there's these four kinds of seed, and, and we know that people fall in, into all four camps. In fact, uh, especially Saint Mark's Gospel, as he tells this parable, he invites us to think about the various people in the in the rest of the Gospels who fall into the camps, the particular camps, the, the Pharisees, perhaps, who are not able to receive that word of God. The uh, uh, um, the um, Some of the people who receive it, but uh, Satan comes and and, and chokes it out, or it gets withered away. The rocky ground, the apostles sometimes are seen as that. Or King Herod, who is choked by the anxieties of life. All, All of these things. But we know that a good farmer knows what to do with different soil. You know this better than I do. The seed that's knocked down by life, you till it or you wait for the rains to come and soften it. And I find that a beautiful image, that no one is beyond the help of God. Even if they're unable to receive that word at some point in their life, we pray that the grace of baptism may hit them. They soften their hearts and minds to be able to receive it. But we know also there are times where the tilling of time takes place, that something tragic happens. Instead of getting pounded down, they allow that tiller of the tragedy to till up their hearts, to soften it, to grow. It's always amazing to me to see somebody who seems so hardened that in the midst of tragedy, their hearts begin to open up and soften. The Lord sometimes causes tragedy, or doesn't cause, but allows tragedy in order to soften hearts that they're able to receive. And sometimes, of course, with that rocky ground, we, we have to go out and pick those rocks or break those rocks up. Again, that is hard work, but that way, when the seed is sown, it's able to sink deep before the Satan comes and removes it. Or with the weeds, he removes those weeds, sometimes with a broad herbicide maybe, sometimes in a very pointed attack, weed by weed by weed, but the Lord, His desire is for all soil to grow and bear fruit. That's us. Unless we miss the point, and I'm deeply convinced of this, that there are some parts of our lives and some times in our lives where we might be one of these other soils. Hopefully, we're all, uh, all good soil today or, or whatever, but there might be some area of our life that there's some, something that's weighed us down, something that's uh, pounded us down so much so we're not able to receive the gospel, or that we ha- can receive it, but it's instantly scorched or it's choked out. The Lord can work in all these ways, in all these different soils. The seed, the grace, the gospel remains the same. It's our ability or inability to receive it that changes. And the Lord wants us to change. He wants us good soil. We have to remember so often, and I have to remind myself too, even though I'm not a farmer, of course you know this, that we kind of take the land that we live on for granted. In this area of Minnesota, we have some of the best farmland in the whole world some of the best, most fertile, deepest. Thank God for the glaciers that rolled through and all these different things. But in some parts of the world, they're not so fortunate that every space of land, everything that has a little soil, they, they cherish. Especially in the Holy Land, wars have been fought over that little piece of land that that just, some of it, most of it is desert. Well, there's some areas that Certain valleys and, and those and, uh, that are, are very lush and able to grow fruit, but our Lord knows the value of good land. He wants us to be good land and calls us precious. This day, He invites us to take that gospel that He plants, the gospel that's been proclaimed to us, the gospel that's been proclaimed time and again for us. He wants us to receive it into our hearts to let it grow a hundred or sixty or thirtyfold.